No Gods, No Monsters contains spoilers, profanity, and substance use. Baragon sure has changed a lot since 1965's Frankenstein versus Baragon. Right? Well, different I'll say he's got <laughs> rainbow powers now. I mean, he still has the horn. He still leaps. He's still true. adorable. I was actually thinking of Frankenstein when you said that, so... Uh, <laughs> Now that I'm realizing who Baragon was, I'm like, oh yeah, he is a lot more like Baragon and Frankenstein. <laughs> you know Frankenstein, <laughs> the guy with the horn, famously? <laughs> One thing you think about with Frankenstein. When you said he, he got a horn, I was like nodding my head like, uh, I don't remember that, but I'm sure you're right. <laughs> I just, I feel like... Obviously, there's a different Baragon, and obviously, it's weird that it's the next year and the yeah. series that's ripping off Godzilla is I, like Baragon. How about Barugon? <laughs> that's but I, so I don't. I really want to know how, why, how they actually. I know how they came up with the name. Um, oh, uh, but still, they had to have been aware of yeah this movie. So it's just weird. Can you imagine if they weren't? And then they're like, oh, oh, shit. They're like halfway through production. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Well, I also, I just feel like in both these cases, it's a sign of the industry becoming more inclusive. Baragon famously thought of as one of the only women kaiju who's not Mothra, right? Mm -hmm. um, maybe that wasn't the original intention, but it's been retconned. That's... Mm -hmm. And now this Barugan is a gay icon. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, the rainbow, yeah, but mostly just because it blows up tanks. <laughs> Kills cops. Right. As, a, as a straight guy, I'll never know what it what it feels like to blow up a tank. And I <laughs> think that's a damn shame. It's fucking true. Same, dude. Uh, Barugans have all the fun. <laughs> well welcome to no gods no monsters we're the anti-greed kaiju and monster movie podcast in a world where no one is coming to save us i'm rabbit here with charlie and today we're talking about you guessed it 1966's gamera versus barugan charlie what happens in this movie for anyone who fell asleep well i just want to point out that it's you, you wrote anti-greed and i think uh I think you should have went with that. That was to throw you off so you wouldn't know that yeah. I was changing it. Also, uh, that's I thought why it was I went like a, anti greed. I thought that's what you started naming a uh, Ghidorah. Like it's your kind of. We're an anti -geed. geed. We're an anti geed podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're anti. No, I just. Uh, we're anti so many things. Mm. And this movie has a strong message that really turned. I hadn't thought of it before, but it really turned me. Like, into someone who believes that greed might be bad. And I thought we should yeah. express that, you know? Yeah, it might get you eaten in 
Ain't nobody want to get eaten. Exactly. And that's why things are bad. They could get you eaten. They could get you eaten. Remember how Gamera was shown to be defeated by Plan Z, the plan to catch him in a rocket and shoot him to Mars? Well, turns out Plan Z didn't actually work. Gamera is back, baby. And now there are no more plans that can work, as the alphabet stops at Z. Gamera's first stop back on Earth is the Kurobe Dam, where he quickly destroys it before piecing out to go eat lava for like 40 minutes in the viewer's time or a month in the screenplay's time. Cut to Harada, the dude who has just earned his pilot wings and is now going to get involved with a get-rich plan devised by his brother Ichiro. Ichiro's plan is for two of his old war buddies, Anadara... Is it Onodera or... That's how I think of it, is Onodera. But I I don't know, of course. Ichiro's plan is for two of his old war buddies, Onodera and another dude whose name I don't know, team up with Hirata to go to New Guinea and retrieve a giant opal that Ichiro hid there decades ago during the war. While retrieving the opal, Onodera betrays the others and attempts to get rid of them, letting the dude whose name I don't know get stung by a scorpion and then collapse in the cave on top of Hirata. However, Onodera won't be getting rich anytime soon. You see, he is athlete's foot, and he thinks that since he's so rich now, he's too good for tough acting to act in, instead opting to use a fancy-ass infrared ray on his foot. Well, turns out the infrared ray ends up hatching the opal, which is actually, duh, a monster egg, and a creature known to the New Guinea as Barugan emerges, getting growth enhanced by that damn ray. Guess that cheap, tough-acting-tenactin, official sponsor of the No Gods, No Monsters podcast, would have been the better way to go, despite it being very affordable. And boy, <laughs> does it work. Pick some up at Amazon.com today, or tonight. So, Barugan, that is Baru, from the Aborigine word for the crocodile's ancestor, and Gon, from Dragon. I told you I knew where the name came from. Thank you. And, like all crocodile dragons that I've ever encountered, this motherfucker spits ice out of his tongue and shoots rainbows out of his back spines, rightfully solidifying his status as a gay icon. This kaiju is cranky as all hell from being hatched prematurely, so he takes it out on the cities of Japan. Gamera comes to stop him, and the two fight, but the first round is won by Barugan, as Gamera's major weakness is cold, and this lizard is shooting cold from his tongue. Meanwhile... Karen, who I haven't mentioned yet, but uh, I'm just going by what I wrote. Don't blame me. <laughs> Meanwhile, Karen convinces the military to use a giant diamond to lure Barugan to a body of water, as he cannot survive for long in water. Eventually, after trial and error, they get Barugan to the coast of Lake Biwa, but Barugan ends up eating the diamond along with Greedfuck Onodera. Along with Greedfuck Onodera. I don't remember which one I decided on. Onodera. <laughs> Along with Greedfuck, Onodera, so all hope is lost. They should have just used the diamond to lure him to a rocket where they could then just launch his ass to Mars. Really, that should have just been plan A. That's what I'd do if I was in charge of the military, but nobody ever allows me to be in charge of the military, so fine. Fuck them. Let those pricks get monster rocked. Well, luck is with these human fools, though, as Gamera wants a rematch, and he ends up drowning Barragon in the depths of the lake. But how will the humans now deal with Gamera? As you've established, they have no more room for plans unless they start creating new letters, which would be insane and probably take a lot of bureaucracy. Well, 
Let's worry about that later, as for now Gamera will turn into a UFO and fly off into the horizon. Besides, maybe he'll end up becoming Defender of All Children? We'll have to find out later. The end. Sweet. So, uh, what did you generally think of this movie? I loved it. I liked it a lot. Um, I... So the first time we watched it, we watched it together, which always is fun. That's what we did with the last Gamera movie. Um, and yeah, I... Once again, I'm... I think I mentioned before, just like going into the Gamera movies, I had the expectations that the show era ones are just going to be kind of stupid and annoying, although fun overall. Um, And then the Heisei ones were going to be excellent, which I already knew because I've seen them. Um, But like the first one, this uh, surpassed my expectations. It's the special effects are great. The whole thing looks fantastic. Um, and I, yeah, I guess this was before they started going into being uh, specifically children's movies. Yeah. Apparently, Yuasa, who directed all of them except for this one, though he directed the special effects scenes on this one. Yeah. Uh, he, when seen in theaters, he knows kids would kind of uh, lose interest during all the human stuff. So he kind of made a mental note for himself to put in more monsters and uh, aim it more towards children. That makes so this sense. is before that happened. And I, I, I loved it. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I can see why people think the human parts drag, which I guess they do to some extent, but I thought that overall the characters had more depth to them than a lot of times that we'll see. There, there's some more interesting writing going on there in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and, and then the monster stuff is just all, Excellent and awesome. Uh, also, I want to say I have the Arrow box out of this, so I watched this with the commentary um, with August Ragone and I think the other guy's name is Jason Barney. Uh, so that that influenced my discussion today. Anyways, nice. what do you think and of this? For for my research, um, I looked inward. You know, <laughs> I I did, I really just tried to. What's that word? I try to zen around and stuff and just get to it. So that'll influence my discussion today. Um, it's just that's a, that isn't the case with all the episodes, though. Do you really need to kind of uh, bring that up? Like, we all know that's just who you are. That's true. I'm just, yeah, everybody's just like, dude, that guy's so chill. He must be looking inwards, you know? <laughs> Some people are like, oh, thanks for doing that. Good looking out. But to me, they're always like, good looking in. Good looking in. Anyway, uh, yeah, I I dug this movie um, more than I thought I would. The, I mean, I kind of assumed the show era ones were all going to go downhill from the first one, which I already liked a lot more than I thought I would. And this one I liked, I think, better than that one, although it's close. Um, it does definitely drag. And the writing, it's like, yeah, it's good in that it grabbed me more than I thought I think I just think of these movies as like, I don't know how to put it. Like I, it, it's terrible writing and such stupid shit is happening, but it grabbed me way more than I thought it would be is how I think of it. Um, uh-huh. It's just so over the top and silly in so many ways, but I mean, to watch together, it was fucking funny. It was really fun. We had a good time. Mm-hmm. I do think it dragged a little, but not even talking about the monster stuff. I had a yeah. good time. And then the monster stuff was fucking just, so different i really liked how the 
this kaiju felt different to me in ways that are hard to explain, not just the fucking weird rainbow and stuff, which is obviously amazing, but it did just feel like not godzilla like not maybe just because he wasn't fucking standing up in a suit there was something different and i really appreciated it the disc i have it comes with the american cut which um is only 88 minutes well this was uh oh this was 12 minutes longer i think um yeah i think this is 100 minutes uh so i i i wonder how that that flows uh the better according to the commentary they cut out like a lot of the you know just like talking stuff for so, sure but yeah that that i think was this movie's biggest weakness is that it didn't need to be an hour and 40 minutes like it could have been a good 80 to 90 minutes um yeah but but yeah uh i can definitely see why this is probably most people's favorite of the show era um yes i was going through letterboxd and like looking at the lists and it was always like Heisei trilogy this Heisei trilogy yeah. this in order of rank for sure yeah um yeah this because my understanding the next one is when they start being more oriented towards children so this one kind of has a little bit more of the seriousness to it not that it's like a serious movie but but there's more um Parts of it are stuff serious. going on with with the main characters. <laughs> Parts of it feel very serious. Like it definitely yeah. gets wackier. Like when he's first looking at the dude with the with the um scorpion on his leg, and you're like, wait a second. Like it's kind of a heavy moment because up till mm-hmm. there it's pretty normal. By the time he's smashing the ruby gun to get the diamond out, it's a little different. <laughs> it feels like something has changed. But for stretches of this movie, it feels very kind of heavy. Like almost, mm-hmm. whoa, should a kid be watching this heavy compared to what I was expecting. Yeah. Definitely. I also I really liked the title cards, the trippy title cards, like the cool colors with liquid <laughs> I don't know. It, they were saying um, they think that was influenced by uh, Frankenstein. Oh, First, is, is that is that one at the beginning have like trippy? I I know I one mean, of them. War of the Gargantuas kind of did, but I can't. We've watched too many of these. I know we've I know. seen this before, but I can't remember where. Yeah, they were saying that they think it was influenced by one of the Toho movies. Who is they? Was this a commentary? Yeah, the commentary. Um, so is August Rigoni, who he did a lot of stuff in all the all the movies in the box set. I know he, he's, I think he did like commentaries to everyone or something, and some writing. And I think he was kind of like the person who's commissioned to spearhead a lot of the extra info and stuff. Um, he wrote a book about Subaraya, and he, he's just considered oh, cool. like a kaiju expert. And then the other guy on the commentary was Jason Varney, who did like translation stuff and was just like a director on the project on the project of the box set um cool. but he's also a super fan so he knows his shit uh oh, yeah. yeah i want to say it's it's a pretty good commentary um for anybody that would be interested this one flaw is that every single person that shows up on screen they list off their credits so it's like every time you see a new actor, there's like a minute of them like, oh, they're in this movie, they're in this movie, they're in this person's movie, and they list off like 10 movies for every actor. And not only that, but like, it's just like so much overlap. So I I swore like, so they they cover like all the, all the big names like uh, 
Ichikana, is, is that his name? The fires on the plane. Um, and he's one of the big Japanese directors. You know, Kurosawa, uh, Mizoguchi, Naruse, Ozu. So like every time you hear their names brought up, and then you, there seemed to be like a focus on uh, other movies that Arrow, the company that put out the box set, has released because they bring up just like tons of movies that Arrow themselves have already put out Blu-rays of. I mean, they're I was making money to do this, so maybe maybe they're onto something. Should we try that? Yeah. Every like, I guess we would just anytime anything reminds us of our own podcast, we <laughs> go into depth about that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, anyway, speaking right now is Charlie, famously <laughs> on the No Gods, No Monsters podcast. You can check him out on No Gods, No Monsters, uh, Anti Capitalist Kaiju, <laughs> and Giant Monster. <laughs> uh, let us know, fans. Tweet at us, yeah. Google at us. Um, I feel like we're going to have less focus on like discussing like just like the actors in general, like before we bring them up every episode and. It's kind of not what our podcast is, but they brought up like a lot of these actors would are gonna come back later for uh, other Gamera movies too. Oh, that's um, cool. And yeah, and they, tons of them are also in like Daimajin and uh, Daimajin. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, and other movies. Yeah, and um, sweet. Everyone in this movie seems to have been in like ten different Masamura movies. So it's a Japanese movie, man. It's yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. So I'm assuming when they come back, they're not going to come back as the same characters. No. Okay. Um, Less cool, but still cool. But, you know, it it makes us have to do our work. I'm just like, yeah. what have I? <laughs> do I? Anyway, okay. Uh, speaking yeah, sorry, of super fans. Way too long rambling there. Uh, it, was, it is a little ironic considering the complaint that started it. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Um. Okay, speaking of uh, super fan shit, you remember the first uh, Gamera movie? We we discussed it a while back on No Gods, No Monsters. You can check it out earlier. It's season one. You can listen to it there. Charlie's there. I'm there. It's great. Mm -hmm. um, but we talked about the tablets in that one and how they were obsessed with reading these tablets. So when they got to the island and they were like, look, a stone tablet, I like literally started sweating. I was like, if they just keep talking about how the lines are fucking waves again, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Well, yeah, when that came up, you said like, oh yeah, the waters are, and the lines are water or something like that. Uh, yeah, so I was very happy they, they went a different direction artistically. Well, it's funny because... Yeah, they're like, oh, look at this rock. I don't know what it says. And then they move on. And then later, Karen's like, oh, that rock says, like, don't go into the Valley of Rainbows. You'll die if you go into the Valley of Rainbows or something. And, like, so that rock has way more inf helpful information than <laughs> the rock helpful. in the first one. <laughs> yeah. It, um, it definitely reminded me of, like, I think I might have brought this up before, but uh, because nuclear waste takes, takes billions of years to, like, it'll never go away. Um, scientists are like working with linguists to figure out markings on like big things they can put in front of waste sites so that like potential sentient beings in tens of thousands of years who don't speak any of our languages will know to avoid it. And like, <laughs> which is so fucked up. Like imagine that's, thinking we're doing the right thing, but then incredible. we have to do that shit. Holy shit. <laughs> so fucked up. But it's just what I like. They're like, don't go into the Valley of the Rainbows. You'll die. And they're like, there must be treasure there. Like, that's exactly what if and if they're anything yeah. like humans now, that's they'll be like, oh, yeah, don't go in there. You think I'm stupid. You're trying to hide something and just ruin. It. Well, that part's also like weird that they're like, 
oh, that means that they're hiding their treasure there. And it's like, this is where the guy said he hid it, hid the thing. Like, you think he just hid the opal with their treasure? And then <laughs> and then they find they, the, the they opal hide. slash... Yeah. What? Well, they find the opal slash egg, and they're like, oh, this is the treasure that they were that they were hiding and they're like no that's the opal that you're <laughs> that he, the dude hid like i don't like, why do you think that that's the same fucking thing <laughs> yeah it makes no sense <laughs> i i that's what i mean by it. it's like it's it grabbed me i was interested in the human story they like presented the characters well they each were kind of like a little interesting and had something to do it didn't seem like the same formula i'm used to but it was also mm. so stupid in so many ways yeah. <laughs> um well let's take a break on the humans for a minute and let's get into these fucking monsters so i fucking love monsters this is a gamera movie what do you think of gamera i i love him he looked so awesome uh in the commentary they said that this is most people's favorite gamera suit mm. i can't personally comment on that, but I thought it was an excellent looking gamera suit. And Definitely. um I really loved when he get frosted by a Barry Gun. That's right. This is an ice slash snow movie. Um and yeah, he just looks so cool covered you in mentioned white. In your intro the the synopsis that he like snow was his weakness, which is kind of funny considering that he climbed out of the literal like North Pole or whatever. <laughs> In the last yeah. one, and like just spraying I, ice everywhere like it's nothing. I'm pretty sure like cold's supposed to be his weakness, right? Am I, I wrong? I didn't think so. I feel but... like I've read that before, or like that they it's supposed to be his weakness for like a movie or two, and then they completely ignore it. I don't know. Maybe I made that up, but uh, it's Marion's cold breath is definitely uh, yeah. A weakness. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I I I think it would just be another funny inconsistency. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah, Gamera's, I mean, I loved his shell in this. It's so spiky and cool looking. Uh-huh. And he's sick always. He's just not in this movie enough, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's along with this being like too long. That That's another complaint is just there really is not a lot of Gamera. Um, there's a good amount of Baragon, which is awesome. But yeah, yeah. you kind of just wish there was more of the turtle. Definitely. Um, I love that he... In the last one, I was like, "Man, I hope it. This, I hope this rocket Elon Musk's and doesn't make it back." And <laughs> yeah, he didn't make it to Mars. It crashed into an asteroid, which is funny because when I said, "I hope it Elon Musk's," Elon Musk had never accidentally sent something on a careening pathway to the moon where it's going to run into the moon. But now, since then, he has, and it ran into an asteroid, and that's just oh, kind of really? beautiful. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a you, thing they can't you stop really it. keep up on your Elon Musk news. Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta know whether or not we have the technology to get giant turtles to Mars. And so <laughs> I'm on it. It's okay. You, you don't have to be on it. I everybody, I'm on it. Um, yeah. But, you want to send giant turtles to Mars? That's what you're saying? No, I'm on. I want to know if, if we have the technology so that if mm. we're trying to help a Gamera-like thing in the future, we know whether a Plan Z is something we must be ready to thwart, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Okay. Good save, right? Um, (laughs) Very good. But I think it's so funny that he he flies to space and he then bounces, I guess, off, (laughs) like explodes and off of the asteroid and then flies back to Earth and 
immediately. He doesn't even like stop and drink water. He just goes straight to the dam to blow it up. Yeah. It's definitely like a you motherfuckers use your technology to send me to Mars. I am destroying your fucking shit right now. I also love how he's just like exploding everything and then like you really get it really seems like the whole thing was just intentional that he wanted to destroy this dam because then he goes into UFO UFO form and he just fucking rams the dam over and over before flying off spinning into it it looks so funny it's such a funny start to a movie it's fucking bad shit and then they're like and then he sensed a volcano erupting (laughs) south of the equator and he flew off to go eat the lava south of the equator (laughs) in like 45 minutes it's such such a funny location i guess they meant south of him at the equator but i'm just like south of the equator is like the entire it could be anywhere (laughs) along the equator um but yeah it it was really nice the last movie obviously he was like an eco-terrorist hero just destroying all (laughs) civilization and in this one he does not skip a beat he is directly going to the dam and oh, he's taking back it out. To work. It, yeah, exactly. He's like, who I got some fucking time to make up for? Like, not only do I have to make up for it because I was away, but the way I was away was supporting space technology. So I got double duty now. Okay. Baragon. Obviously the star of this film. We all love Gamera, but Gamera, you know, he stepped aside and let Baragon shine. And shine he did. Yeah. yeah, shine he did in in all different kinds of colors, baby. Baragon is so fucking cool. He's so fucking dude. weird. Let's let's start with <laughs> I mean, dude, the sixties you hear it all the time, but the sixties were fucking wild. Right? <laughs> crazy crazy time, right? People always talking about it. Um like for instance, in the in the in the wild ass sixties, you go to the doctor to see if you have like malaria or something. The doctor lights up a cigarette, immediately diagnoses you with athlete's foot that he can cure with the giant infrared ray he has sitting right next to you. The sixties were a fucking trip, dude. <laughs> One thing I love about that doctor is later they bring him in like to talk to the military he's like my opinion is that the infrared ray uh hatched the egg and like he he's like all of a sudden just like an expert on like what happened on the ship and they're like (laughs) taking his opinion like on everything like he's just like a doctor on this random freight freight ship (laughs) (laughs) he's such a funny doctor dude yeah it's so funny that he suddenly has authority because in the scene the dude's like on the bottom of a bunk bed he's like ah i'm all fucked up and the guy's kind of just like lighting a cigarette like your dumb friend who stayed too long in your apartment he's like no you're good dude it's chill (laughs) ah shit dude looks like you somehow got athlete's foot from a cave check it out let's point this at it it's so weird it's so weird Uh, but so best origin for a monster yet. That's such a funny origin. (laughs) It's pretty great. What did you think of that birth scene? Dude, I love that. Uh, they mentioned that was one of Yuasa's, uh, favorite scenes in all the Gamera movies. And, uh, I have to agree that that just looked excellent. Um, It did. To see it, like, turn, like, this little gelatinous thing, and then the baby Baragon puppet, like, coming out of it, it, it looked so, so good. Uh, yeah, now that I'm thinking on it, it kind of reminded me of uh, when the they're, like, checking out the uh, Velociraptor 
coming out of the egg in the first Jurassic Park, um, but way better. The colors were so cool. It was super icky in that, like, it almost mm-hmm. reminded me of, like, an 80s horror movie, just the effects. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Super cool. Uh, yeah, it made me think of the first whole thing is, like, man, this sucks because Baragon's just a fucking baby. Like, yeah. he's only, like, a day old for a lot of this destruction. Like, Oof. come on. Maybe yeah, he's not a bad means... guy. Maybe he's just, just a fucking... What would it be like if, you know, a human baby was just born and blown up? Because cause they also talk about how it was, like, artificially grown large yeah. because of the infrared ray. So it's, it made me feel kind of bad for him. It's just this big old baby who's just, I mean, like, a lot ah. of the times that's the case, right, Rodan? Yeah. Um... Like, yeah, I mean, and imagine if, like, yeah, if it was a human baby. Like, it's so tragic if, like, this human baby grew all fucking big, followed shiny things around, and then some other giant human who's been along so much longer than this baby that he's literally been drinking lava 30 times as long as this giant baby has existed. And that human goes and, and just tries to spin and attack this baby's rainbow. Like... Um. Let's not talk about how Gamera is the bad guy. Let's talk about how the humans are the bad guys for attacking the baby. Because um, yes, definitely. Don't don't try to make me turn against my turtle. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. And I think, well, we'll get to the meaning. But I have a feeling the humans don't come across on top at the end of this. What? Um, so, okay. What about like this design and the powers? Like just. Uh, uh, I was going to say adult Gamera, but full-grown at this point Gamera. Whoa, how big do you think he could have got? Uh, sorry, not Gamera, Baragon at this point. Uh, what do you think of him? Yeah, I I feel every time you ask me this, I feel boring because I'm always just... He looks awesome. He looks yeah. so cool. <laughs> I, I, uh, and he's, he's a really unique uh, design. Um, the fucking alien tongue the Dude. the just just shoots out and like has like an opening that spits like ice out of just so what the fuck uh, but it's awesome. incredibly <laughs> weird incredibly unique incredibly <laughs> stupid this tongue um it's behind the best death in all of kaiju history so good the, the killing of onadera is unmatched it is so yeah. cool just the stupid effect of it launching out like a fucking chameleon sticking its tongue out and then it somehow wraps around him and oh it's so cool i love that um and it's like this kind of fleshy uh yeah. organ like red color on the close-ups of it um, yeah yeah more uh, kind of like the the birthing scene like very weird yeah i was gonna say kind 80s, of very yeah. uh, 80s horror totally feel to it uh when it takes down the helicopter so fucking cool when it uh, freezes it yeah what is it oh no when you it, mean fr- when it freezes the plane that's cool as fuck oh that's right um i think it takes out a helicopter i actually missed it this time the second time i watched it but maybe so maybe i'm making it up but i thought it launched out and hit a helicopter really quick it definitely pulls a tower down which is sick as fuck yeah and that was like a real tower, too. I mean, uh, <laughs> miniature of a real tower. Gotcha. <laughs> totally. Okay, we're we're obviously avoiding the elephant in the room of this tongue, though. It's sexual as fuck. It's so <laughs> weird, dude. You you gotta you gotta 
big old gutter mind over there, buddy. Yeah, I this long, fleshy uh, <laughs> uh, member coming out of its tongue, shooting white shit that just covers everything. <laughs> Do you think there's yeah. some weird ass? cartoons on the sfw uh parts of reddit about this monster uh is it time for another patented google break i think we need an hour google break but yeah i'm sure if i thought about man what can that tongue do i'm sure every single other person has thought about oh man what can that tongue hey, do I watched and if it. i've drawn if I've drawn pictures about what that tongue can do, yeah. I'm sure pretty much everyone else has drawn pictures of what that tongue can do. Yeah, if I've been able to draw like 60 of those pictures in the week since we watched this, then <laughs> yeah. surely there's, by that rate, there's a lot online. Yeah, there's probably its own subreddit called like Barigon Tongue Fun. <laughs> I watched this the second time with Ira, and when that part happened, I was like, so, and they were like, dude, sweet, innocent Ira. <laughs> just kidding, it's not. But yeah, it, it well, it's not just us. It's, there's at least three people who think it's a little odd. <laughs> Especially because it's just a baby. It's <laughs> gross. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, the fucking eye. His eye is so sick. Oh, his eye is so cool. How the eyelids are sideways and yeah and that effect looks so cool it's so like above and beyond we're not used to dynamic yeah. eyes like that like when we get dynamic eyes with godzilla they're like mechanized and they kind of just use them poorly like they just focus on them too mm-hmm. much this was cool and the eye is cool before you even see it blink it's just big and unique yeah it for me anyways it wasn't as it wasn't quite as goofy as a lot of the eyes are in these movies it wasn't like a googly um, eye yeah Totally. Uh, uh, killer tail, super sick tail, super sick tail. Love that um, tail. Maybe one of the top tails we've seen so far. Yeah, I I think at some point we're gonna have to do a uh, an episode on top ten tails in kaiju movies. Dude, I think we just got to do a top to bottom tail ranking of all the tails <laughs> we've seen so far, starting in like when we hit nineteen eighty. I think the technology changes, and maybe we go back. <laughs> <laughs> a tale of many tales um just rank them all um yeah uh, did that rainbow yeah well not just the rainbow but also just the spines on the back um, yeah pretty cool the spines uh, on the back are cool how they glow yeah apparently each one was supposed to be a different color in itself and then you'd see oh. the color shoot out from each corresponding spine but i don't know if it's too difficult or costly or whatever they just made them all same color instead i don't think i can think of a power that i like more than the rainbow dude (laughs) it's so who thought of that and then he has a rainbow that shoots out his back and fucking explodes anything that it comes in contact with (laughs) so dainty and funny looking and then like i I think you're like go ahead Sorry. Yeah, just imagine seeing that for the first time, um, and you didn't know anything about, uh, because going into this, I knew that he had a rainbow that shoots yeah. out and kills stuff, but like, I can't imagine whether you like seeing that and like having no idea, and you just see this rainbow shoot out of its back, just very slowly, just like glide across the air, 
and you're like, oh, look at the rainbow, and then it just fucking lands on the missiles and just blows them up. I, I, yeah, it's incredible. I think looking back, it's probably crazier because I bet in theaters at the time, you know, you see it shoot out, you see it blow up, you know, these missiles and, you know, the person next to you in the movie theater leans over and goes, well, it is the 60s. And, you know, <laughs> which was apparently the most uh, common phrase back in the 60s. Yeah, a super common phrase. It is the 60s, you know, uh, definitely. I um, absolutely love that rainbow. It's just, I don't know how to put it. It's just so nothing and it just can destroy anything. Like it's so yeah. just, he's just sitting there frozen with a stupid look on his face. Like, what? And then, <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah, and it's coming out and like, it just looks like it doesn't look destructive at all until it actually starts destroying. Like it just looks like it's, I think I mentioned before it's just so slow, pretty, just yeah. no, no indication that it's yeah. this fucking death ray. But by, um, by far my favorite part of the movie is when they make the mirror and they're like, "Okay, this deadly thing, we have to point it back at him." Uh, also, we're gonna surround it with tanks that are completely ineffective <laughs> against him, yeah. and then it just like immediately blows all of the tanks up in a millisecond, and it's just. So perfect. I love that part. Yeah. Uh, but this all, the rainbow scene also indicates another power, which is never stated. And that must be psychic abilities because. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It knew exactly where that missiles were about to shoot at it and exactly where those missiles were. Yeah. And it had expert aim with its rainbow. Um, <laughs> And shot him. So that that must imply some kind of psychic ability there. I like to think the rainbow is not like a power that Baragon decides to use. It okay. is another being that exists on Baragon, and it's just like, oh shit, interesting missiles, and just goes. That's how it feels. It really does feel like it's just mm. own thing, and he just he's so in awe of it when it happens that he has to just sit there with that grin on his face, like, huh? and while it just does it because. He's just amazed what's happening. Yeah. I mean, Rainbow is shooting out of your back. Like, what would you yeah. do? What am I going to yeah. do? Fucking anything? No. No. Nothing at all. I'm just be like, oh, shit, dude. Like, there's all this Everybody, stuff. Hey, check this out. Can you take a picture of this? <laughs> like, there's Can all this stuff I want to do, phone? but the Rainbow's already doing it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just blowing up all the tanks. You think I control the fucking Rainbows? Get out of here. Get real. Uh, uh, the gavel hits. Toot, toot, toot. I'll allow it. Case dismissed. <laughs> it's like, I didn't even have a fucking lawyer. This is an open and shut case, and this <laughs> rainbow is clearly on its own. <laughs> um, purple blood, dude. Like, just up in the, like, cool factor. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've heard purple blood is not uncommon in this series going forward. Uh, I don't know. I know blood is not uncommon. I have no idea about the color of it. Um, Stay tuned. But that's we're gonna find out. Yeah, with you by our side, um, <laughs> if you so choose. Uh, but yeah, that's a cool thing. One thing I, I'm excited about these movies is that apparently they're all just pretty violent and gory. Even when they're more um, aimed towards children, they're still just like way more blood and guts than uh, the Godzilla movies, which you know as a as a horror boy, that's uh, 
that's my realm of fun. Hell that's yeah. my party realm, baby. So, yeah. You see, uh, yeah, it's just such a cool scene. Gamera is, like, frozen by the breath, but then he's not completely frozen. And Baragon goes up to start beating him on beating on him, and then Gamera just fucking swipes him, and all his blood just starts pouring out of his face. So cool. So cool. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, I love the purple blood. And last but not least, I love that Baragon leaps, which was new <laughs> as of the last Baragon, which is such a funny coincidence, but also <laughs> how he leaps, how uh-huh. he sometimes leaps and then he's falling back down and then some invisible force seems to pull him back up and he keeps going <laughs> and aims right at the bridge. <laughs> some good shit. You like the leaps? I like the leaps. Leaps are good. Solid leaps. So Need more leaps going forward. So one thing I don't get is why do Baragon and Gamera fight? What's the deal? Uh, I mean, couldn't you say that about almost any conflict? <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, can't you say that about almost any Godzilla movie? I'm like, well, yeah, but they usually try to explain <laughs> it through a little thing. <laughs> Just <laughs> why do we fight? Yeah. That's the statement this movie's making that I totally disregard is why the fuck are we doing this? Look at us. Uh-huh. We're all just giant babies. Yuasa said that that was his um, whole idea. Be- oh, I forgot. This is the one movie he didn't direct. Um, this is Tanaka. his idea behind the effects. Why do we fight? Yeah. <laughs> it just feels weird. Like, Gamera was not the hero, but it's kind of like following the Godzilla thing where, like, he kind of has to become the hero. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, why do they fight here? They explain in other movies like Mothra versus Godzilla. It's like, to get the egg. But then he just forgets the egg. Because really, he's just yeah. fighting because we like to see fights. I think in the commentary, they say that he... He's... Because he eats fire. He was attracted to the fire of the burning cities. Mm. And then, I guess, then he would run into another monster there. And they got a fight then. But that um, monster's just destroying Civ too. Like, shouldn't he be like, oh, finally, community. People just, this is the lesson we need to take. When people, like, get radicalized and they want to resist, you know, they're always about the destruction. They're always about the protesting, the rioting, the burning cop cars, the, the like, striking, stopping work. That shit's all great. But there's another side to it community working together mutual Mm -hmm. aid building power building relations building structures that are outside of the ones by the government and the church and the scientologists and our parents (laughs) 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 and fucking that's i think the lesson i didn't think of it till now but like you know Mm -hmm. like why aren't you all you have to do is turn to baragon and say thank you comrade and then Keep smashing planes, right? Um, maybe Gamera is just into killing babies. Yeah, uh, that's that's <laughs> shit. There's a hole in my yeah. whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got a good point there. Um, and I think you. you also said that that was his message with uh, the effects. Yeah, that with the effects. Yeah, totally. Uh, it goes right back into why do we fight? Yeah, exactly. Um. You have to imagine, I don't know, Gamera's never seen another giant monster before, so maybe the same way when we first see Gamera, 
we're like, whoa, this is fucking crazy and weird. It's a giant monster. Maybe he does the same thing. Say, oh, this is fucking crazy and weird. It's a giant monster. Totally. Um, And it has ice shooting out of its tongue. That's... (laughs) Yeah, maybe really he's weird. jealous because Baragon's <laughs> so cool. He's like, "This is my fucking town. This is my goddamn <laughs> yeah. movie. I'm the fucking cool one. Uh, it's not fair that you get rainbows out of that get a shoot out of your back." Yeah, because uh, he I... does go right for the rainbow. It's so funny. He just starts spinning into the rainbow. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize this when watching it, but in the commentary they said that he was like, because he absorbs. Um, oh. powers and stuff so they said that that's what he was doing because like he runs into it and you could say oh that's a mistake because that's a death ray but then he like keeps does it a few different times mm. so I guess that makes sense that he's trying to absorb the power not only that every time he does uh, uh, Barugan emits like a roar so like maybe it's hurting him or something oh, I don't know totally although everybody's established the rainbow is in its own sentient being so that would yeah. make sense for I think he's Baragon just like no you're hurting my friend <laughs> You're my friend Larry, the rainbow. Well, that's good. I I, I was I didn't want to read Gamera along with every single other person in this country or in this country in this in this country pretty much and in this movie as being like homophobic or something. But it does feel <laughs> a little bit. I'm glad. Okay, no. he's getting energy. No. He's not. Yeah, ripping. he's like make me gayer. Rah. I like their fights. I really like when they crawl at each other. It feels so like feral and just different than the Godzilla movies, you know, just mm-hmm. new. Definitely. Although in the standing realm, I did like when he first gets, when Gamera first gets frozen, he's yeah. like standing while it happens. And it was just really, it looked really cool. And then he like falls down, like onto all fours before he's frozen some more. But I, I thought that was very cool visually. All, all of it's cool. The standing is cool. Gamera looks so good when he's standing up. He looks really funny. Like, a turtle standing up looks funny, and they don't really change him to be that different than a turtle would look standing up. So yeah. he looks fucking great. Just open, vulnerable, but not. It's it's a good look. There's something about Baragon, the way he's crawling, looks so different than, like, Baragon or Angerus, where he's, like... Mm-hmm. He's just longer. He looks more lizard-like mm-hmm. and less like a person in a suit. And it really yeah. changes the vibe. It actually keeps me in it more. You know? Yeah, I agree. Uh-huh. What do you think of his death? Man, that's kind of fucking uh, brutal. Um, Super brutal. The way he's, like, Gamera just fucking holds him down and just fucking drowns him. Like... That's gnarly. <laughs> it's interesting, too, because they... I guess I know why they do this, because they wanted to be able to drop water from the helicopters, but... Uh, rain, you mean? Artificial rain, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. Whatever that's made out of. But they do this whole thing, when you're first watching it, that they're like, oh, there's this weakness that he has, where if you hold him underwater for a long, <laughs> long, long, long time he'll die and then they explain that it's because like his powers don't work and all this stuff and when when you don't know they're gonna drop water from helicopters just like why do you have to explain a new weakness that's the same exact (laughs) means as drowning (laughs) like it's literally like there's he has this weakness where if you 
pulled a plastic bag over his head, really tight over his mouth for a full minute. His, like, soul sucks out of his butthole. Like, it just, like, they had to make a whole new fucking thing. And yeah, I, I never thought about it like that. It's really funny. <laughs> weakness, where three bullet shots to the head drives him crazy. This weakness that... Every other land creature has, too. Exactly. <laughs> that everyone in this room has. It would be so funny to me. <laughs> On that note, when we were watching the movie, you made a funny point about the... They keep pouring artificial rain, uh, which was driving me crazy that they kept calling it that, on him. <laughs> and... Like to get him to stop, but just so they could like figure out what to do, and you're like, why don't they just pour the water on him and then attack him? Yeah, seriously, they could just. They're trying to figure out a way to get him into the lake. Just fucking keep pouring water on him. Uh, get a bunch of fucking trucks and just uh, tie him to the trucks and fucking drag him into the lake. Even, like, we're gonna use this ruby gun with a diamond in it. Uh, okay, but let's wait till he unfreezes from the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like, there's a wild wolf in the town killing everybody. Okay, I have a plan. We'll trap him. We'll think really hard. We'll release him, and then we'll shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Uh, but, yeah, going back to the death, I thought the death was pretty fucking savage. Just Gamera's just like, I'm going to fucking drown you. Like, it's just yeah. what he's doing. But it's also, like, really well done and beautiful with, like, the his face going slowly down into the kind of purple water. Looked great. Uh -huh. Um, And, like, also the shots of, like, his head. Uh, his head is, like, just, like, the only thing that's, like, above the yeah. water at one point, And there's, like, blood coming down. And he's like, no, no. Totally. Uh, uh, it just it looks really cool. Um, I mean, this whole movie, I think, looks pretty good. I was, uh, so this was, the cinematographer on this, um, I guess he was actually, like, a famous or a well-established cinematographer who did, uh, um, one of my favorites, Hiroshima Mono More by Alan Rene, uh, which is just, uh, as they point out in the commentary, it's just, you know, everyone looks down on these movies. It's just like silly stuff and, yeah. you know, people without talent. But it's like, oh, wait, no, there's actually a lot of people behind this that were great. Um, and yeah, I think throughout uh, everything looks good. I, um, I mean, I know that you have the Blu-ray, which I'm sure looks better than the version I have. For me, most of the movie was a little dark, a little flat, and then the parts with Baragon that were cool really stood out. Um, but, you know, I I think mm. that... I mean, even, like, the first parts with Baragon were so awesome with him smashing the city, and then I guess this isn't a cinematography thing, but then when him and Gamera are fighting at the end, it felt to me like, oh, okay, they used their budget on the buildings, and now they just have to fight on this mound, and it just was a little dull. Um, still mostly um, looked great, but well, yeah. Uh, to the special effects in general. So, like I said, Yuasa directed the first one and all the other ones. On this one, they brought in the uh, Tanaka to direct it, who is like a well-established director at Dai Studios. Um, he's considered like one of their best directors. And because the first one's so successful, they wanted to make this one, like, an even bigger hit. That's why mm. they put bigger budget in it. That's why it's in Technicolor. Um, yeah. 
And then uh, Yuasa, everyone is like, oh, you've been demoted to the special effects director. Um, but he said he was really into it because that's a different aspect that he got to see and experience. So oh, it nice. helped teach him stuff. And like, he was given like a pretty small budget, but um, for the special effects itself. But I think he did an excellent job with it. I think he fucking hit it out of the park. He was definitely great. Um, it, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, apparently, with the two monsters, they were going through like an actor a day. There's like inex- actors who were inexperienced at being monsters, and like none of them could stand like the suits and stuff. Oh shit! But Yuasa's father was friends with Subaraya, so he tapped Subaraya. Um, and Subaraya like gave him advice and told him he can uh, talk to Subaraya Productions, um, his production company. I think that's what it's called. And I guess like Nakajima sent him like two actors that Nakajima himself trained to be the two to be people in the Gamera and Baragun suits. Oh, Nakajima's uh, the goat, dude. Yeah, dude. Um, so I thought that was that was super neat. And then, oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, I. It's big. This is all big uh, digression from just the final battle that we were talking about. <laughs> well, and, uh, we were talking about his death, but yeah, the yeah. I, I don't know. It felt one of the key like uh, Ishiro Honda things is the tragic mm-hmm. death ending um, to the point where it's like beaten to death, but where mm-hmm. you know you feel for the monster because it just doesn't belong. Yeah, and after fucking plan z last time uh it felt really good to have that this time for sure yeah uh and just like you know like you're bringing up drowning like that's not a that's not a special weakness everybody's weak to drowning but that kind of makes it also more it's just such a universally horrifying way to die drowning and just watching this this monster just like pretty slowly drown and just like as it like goes underwater and then it's being held underwater yeah it's very uh it really hits you um yeah. more than and then we put him on a rocket and he shot him in space <laughs> definitely a rocket that's shaped like a weird circle globe whatever <laughs> um i guess uh the guy in charge of the uh building the costumes and stuff they couldn't get the baragon suit to the sink um, oh. and so his they started like cutting off pieces of the suit that were that would be uh, submerged underwater so you wouldn't be able to see them but like it still was just kept floating and they like cut off like part of the tail cut off like the the legs and arms and then i think they said like basically all that was left at the end was like just the head or something like that <laughs> that's a um, gruesome way to go too yeah fuck <laughs> We've talked a lot about these monsters, but these monsters are actually not a giant part of this movie. Well, they're a giant part of the movie. Obviously, they're giant monsters, but they're not the bulk of the movie. So let's talk about these fucking humans for a little bit. Boo! Humans suck! Hey! Hey! You're supposed to be listeners to the podcast. We didn't ask you to participate. Fucking. Man, you get to the point where you get so big, like so tired of explaining that misanthropy is a misguided notion to our listeners like i'm so Mm. sick of it obviously there's a hierarchy and giant monsters are better than humans but not all humans suck come on yeah and if you disagree with that you don't have to interrupt our recordings by saying boo humans suck 
Yeah. Like we're we are on a schedule. We're on a tight hurts us all. As you can tell, our episodes are extremely streamlined so, and we are cruising and if we miss one micro movement wrong and the whole season goes out of whack. So thanks a lot. Uh so you just you just lagged out for a second, which was kind of a very ironic time for that to happen. It's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> um Okay, so we have our main dude, kind of. Like, he's obviously the main guy, but he's also not the main guy in, like... He he does not... Someone else steals the show, I'd say. But uh, Keisuke Harada, our yeah, main guy? Um, yes. So, uh, funny story about him. The actor, he thought he really did not want to be in this movie. He thought uh, this was a... Giant monsters are stupid. That this was like beneath him, and he was like Wrong. embarrassed to be in this. Um, so he, he, I guess he faked being sick, and he like delayed production for like a month or something like that. Um, and he just kept saying he was sick, and they sent like people to his uh, home or apartment to like check to make sure, and like he had gone to a doctor's, like, give me something that would make me sick, even if it's just like a placebo or something, so that I can appear sick for the people. Um, I swear, like, I was gonna say that that in some ways, only in some ways, the Japanese movie industry at this time feels like some kind of weird indentured servitude, because like all (laughs) these actors who were like huge stars, not necessarily him, but take like weird, horrible roles, like like mm-hmm. tiny roles in the same series they were in before but then i realized you know who else fakes sick to get out of their job everyone Me? i've ever known <laughs> yeah because <laughs> capitalism <laughs> is fucking horrible um uh, that's crazy that he did that yeah apparently he then he felt like really guilty about it and um he like never read the script so he thought when he I guess he was doing like the special effects stuff first. So he'd come on and he's like, I barely have any lines. And it's just like, look over there and like, look mm. scared over there or something like that. Cause it's just all the monster scenes. So he was also just like, what the fuck is this? is so stupid. And Cause then he later, didn't know like, how to read a whole script. Well, he didn't realize that it was two different directors directing different parts of the movie. Yeah. So he was just doing all the special effects stuff where you're just, like, reacting to the monster. Um, For sure. I, I Something like that. Man, but, but anyways... I'm so conflicted. Like, it feels fucked up that he did that because I like these movies uh-huh. and I potentially like these creators. But I also have total solidarity with people pretending to be <laughs> sick to, like, jam up the 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 works at work so that's that's a tricky one that sounds like fake solidarity to me which, um, which wait which side am i supposed to have solidarity with uh well you said you have solidarity with um oh yeah it's totally thoughts and prayers solidarity with the actor if i if i'm this distraught not knowing which one's right <laughs> apparently he felt guilty about it later and he uh felt really bad and now after like as time went on he was like oh those gamer movies are actually pretty cool and i'm grateful that i got the i'm grateful i was in them and he said like even like when interviewers and stuff like leave those off of his resume he always kind of like points out that those were an important part of his career um glad he came around so, yeah definitely but also 
man, he just got assimilated into the goddamn industry, and now he's just another yeah. cog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, in Japan, these studio systems, you know, like, you were just a talent, um, whether it's actor, director, cinematographer, whatever, on the studio's payroll, and you would do whatever the studio told you to do. Like, oh, you didn't man. really have... I can't imagine what that would feel like. Just... You know, you go to work and you're just there <laughs> for the money and you have to just do whatever they say. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't imagine having to act with giant monsters. <laughs> Ugh, horrible. Hey, I act with giant monsters, too. They're called my managers. Mm, I have some giant monsters, too. They're called my feelings and failures and fears. In depression. Okay, we have not even talked about this character for a millisecond. So I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said before, these characters have a bit more depth to them than a lot of the time we see in some of these kaiju movies. Um, not that they're like the greatest written, but I I feel like there's a bit more effort into making them. Um, and this character, like, yeah, he's the protagonist of the humans, but. He's also his flaws are pretty upfront, where he's part of this kind of greedy scheme yeah. um, to get this opal. And you know, at one point in the movie, after he's rescued by Karen and the the tribe, he's like, "Well, my brother found this opal years ago and hid it. Therefore, it's rightfully ours." Um, but on the same flip side of that coin, when they first go to the village, uh, and they have like the discussion, they're about to run off to the cave. For a second, he's like, because they're talking about how, oh, I bet they're hiding their treasure, and that's why they don't want us to go to the Valley of the Rainbows. But for a second, he goes, well, you know, but if it's their treasure, what right do we have? And then he's like cut off by the other two. They're like, oh, shut up. Come on. Let's go. Um, yeah. So you do see that there's kind of this uh, more moral part of him where he does recognize that um, there's something kind of fucked up about uh, stealing this uh jewel from these people yeah i mean uh, he so i feel like the way that it's portrayed is that like onodera on the one side is like a criminal criminal and this guy is just like kind of a a, a goody two-shoes criminal incidental criminal because it, i mean he's with the first scene we see is him quitting after getting his pilot license and it basically he's saying i can't follow my dreams because capitalism sucks he didn't say that but it's like i'm investing some capital into this project he uses the word capital uh because i can't make a living like you can't make a living on a salary i think he says and he has a dream of starting a travel agency so it's like when he which is such a dream um so like i i just think they set him up as kind of the like redeemable amount of greedy and uh-huh. yeah he kind of wavers between them having to show his faults and them having to him being the good guy. But sometimes it contradicts, like you just pointed out. Yeah. Well, I mean, also at that point, like initially there isn't anything really bad about the initial plan because originally it's just, he found a, you know, his brother found a, a, you know, valuable gemstone just like in the forest or something like years ago and he hid it there. So at that point, in his mind, it's not like we're stealing from these, from the no, natives. It's just we're going to find this, this buried, this treasure that my brother buried I mean, years I ago. I think 
from like the morals of the time or like societally, I think it's supposed to be like still not criminal, but like leading that way. I, I don't know what other mm. word is used other than morally, because like he's kind of opting out of like legitimate jobs for like a get rich mm-hmm. quick scheme. And so it doesn't feel like a far step when they get there and find out indigenous people live there and they're like, well, we don't care. Um, but yeah, I don't think it, I don't think he has, he doesn't seem like a bad guy. He's just doing something that anybody might do. And then, you know, mm-hmm. every step along the way there's sunk costs. He's like excusing it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, although, I thought that was funny that when they first meet up for the plan, um, they have that table full of grenades and guns. And that's like maybe one sign that maybe everything isn't going to be good. There Uh, are a few red flags. I'll give it Yeah. He never learns as much as I wish. Like, do you know the the, uh, Eric Andre meme where he like shoots something and then says, why would somebody else do this it felt uh-huh. like that at the end he's like i'm sorry for what i did why are humans so greedy like why would humans do this and he's like dude you did this a bunch yeah. of people were standing around you in this, on this island telling you not to do it and you did it and now you're like god it's just humans <laughs> yeah pretty fucking funny um yeah i was just gonna bring up on a Side note of that of that scene, I thought it was hilarious how his brother's like, and uh, you gotta watch out for the scorpions. The scorpions there are so poisonous, so they sting you, you'll die. And then he goes, uh, then he says, um, anything you don't, you never know what you'll run into in the jungle. That's why we have all these weapons right here. And it's like, really, you have grenades for scorpions? Yeah, like fucking <laughs> assault rifles and grenades for scorpions. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Like, the insect problem is crazy. So we got these anti-insect devices. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I guess there is something probably inherently criminal already. Because I bet you they don't have, like, whatever license you need to carry that much weaponry from Japan oh, yeah. to New Guinea. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a different time. Yeah, it was the fucking just... 60s, you know? That's true. A lot, a lot was permitted in the '60s. I too much. I, if you ask me, have you never seen those pictures of people at Woodstock with the uh, long fuse grenades that they're just like hanging around on their belts? Totally. And like, hey man, I know it looks weird. It's the '60s. Yeah, we 100%. got Jimmy Page music in the air. We got love making on the brain, and we got grenades in our belts. Hell yeah. That's another the sec the second most common saying of the sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah he didn't grab me enough to be a main dude. Uh, we'll get to him, but Onodera mm-hmm. totally stole the show for me. Yeah, I think of the human characters, he was definitely the show stealer. Do you feel like this this main guy uh, Harada? What do you think it was? Because to me, he just didn't. He wasn't. There was something missing. Where it was a little. I didn't really care about him that much. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what it was, though. I mean, I agree. I didn't really care about him that much, but I, I don't know if I can pinpoint exactly. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess I just, I'm not that, like, what's his motivating thing? He wants to start a travel agency. Like, there's nothing <laughs> like, you know, he just kind of seems like whatever. I don't know. And he's mm-hmm. gone for so much of the movie. But. Yeah. 
Well, anyway, let's let's move on to Karen. Oh, Karen. What? Weird name for a New Guinea uh, native. <laughs> so, there's this thing that I think is pretty common, especially at this time, where we saw it in uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla, where you have all these indigenous people, and they're like, there's one light-skinned one among them who are darker skinned and in this case actually a lot of them are in blackface and the one who with the lightest skin is the standout one you know yes i feel like that's a problem this clearly happens here you have all these people and then oh look at this one the light skinned one she'll go with you to to japan but i feel like they really doubled down on that problem by naming her karen <laughs> like come on <laughs> it's like who's gonna go with us all these names i've never heard in my life and then or karen (laughs) which would turn out to be a bad mistake because i hear karen's uh complain a lot yeah that that would be a problem yeah i yeah that's even especially weird because it's this is a Japanese movie, so you think she would have like a generic Japanese I know. name? I, <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's, it, it's very odd. Um, she's just a weird character. I mean, I think the actor did a good job. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. She has some weird moments. Like, <laughs> I'm the only one in my village to see him and his terrible rainbow. I used to ask the elders about the rainbow. And how terrible it was. No such thing as a terrible rainbow. There's what? What'd you say? There's no such thing as a terrible rainbow. Yeah. Just want to point that out, especially when they destroy tanks and missiles. <laughs> um. So, so she has seen a Baragon before this. No, this is the first time. Okay, this is the first one. Because I, it was so weird how the movie in the beginning. They're like, you don't want to go in the Valley of Rainbows. It's death awaits you. And then they bring the opal back, the egg back, and they're like, oh, that's, uh, the egg is the curse of God. But, like, it seems like they don't know anything about Baragon. They just know that something bad is supposed to happen. And then with... later she knows she's like, a Baragon and then all takes of a sudden 10 she's years like, to hatch or whatever. Yeah, she's like, they take 10 years to hatch, water's their weakness. <laughs> and, like, she, you know, she's like an expert all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> I brought this diamond with me just in case because I know about these Baragons. <laughs> yeah. But before, like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they didn't want to tell them about it. Probably yeah, not. I, 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 I guess I, at that point, kind of, what's the point of not telling them if it's already, the monster's already gotten away from the island. Yeah, like. totally. Um, Favorite Karen moment is when... Kazuke is hurt and she sucks on his arm. <laughs> not, not just sucks on his arm to heal him, I guess, but then that's yeah. like the big romantic moment between them. Yeah. She just she's also right kneeling. She's also kneeling down uh, while she's there and the camera's like looking down at her. Um, so it's also just a very the way it's set up is very kind of suggestive. Uh... Yeah, like, you do not think she's going for the arm at first, because his arm is near there, (laughs) and she just goes down, and it's like, there's no thing I've ever experienced that would lead me to think, oh, she's gonna just put her mouth on the... What is it? Is it a cut? 
Is it a shot? He gets shot? I think it's a cut. It was just from his fight with... Oh, that's um, right. But if you haven't experienced anything that would make you think that's what was going to happen, then let me tell you, you have not lived the same life I have. I, I'm gonna... The amount of women that have kneeled down to suck on my arm. Man. I, I didn't know that was a common <laughs> thing. Um, I just to make It's sure, common to we... my life. I figure it's common in everybody's life. I, I mean... Just to see if it's common, do you think we should take a one-hour Google break? I, hey, make that an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> and we're back. Okay. Um, last funny thing with Karen to me was uh, I was raised with animals in the jungle. They are my friends. If they do something that hurts them, they won't do it again. Yeah. He's never going to shoot the rainbow again. I... <laughs> What? <laughs> a, a line from an indigenous person talking about how nature works, clearly written by a person in Japan who's never <laughs> taken a walk through the woods or had a pet cat or anything. That'd be pretty incredible if animals just never made the same mistake more than once. <laughs> That's... uh. Yeah, and then immediately the scientist or whatever that's with him is like, she's right. It's never going to shoot the rainbow again. <laughs> the one time the scientist believes the indigenous person in one of these movies, it's that. Uh, yeah, I'm incredibly that, that biased is... against her because I'm a bigot, but on this one, I just can't even <laughs> fake it. She's right. It's, that's wisdom. It's similar... A similar thing is earlier when they're talking about using the diamond to lure it, um, the general or whatever is like, you really think that this is going to work? And she goes, if you doubt this, then you doubt the gods. And then they go to the next scene where they're trying to lure Baragon with a diamond <laughs> and it doesn't work. <laughs> I also, that's so funny. I didn't realize that. I also like that his argument is like, oh, like that won't work. You couldn't possibly find a diamond that big in nature. It's like, what does that have to do with anything just yeah. first of all just because you can't conceive of it you just have your, your brain is eaten away by sieve but also like what it's there i know so what, yeah, what, what is she holding <laughs> yeah and then and uh, she, she didn't say it had to be from nature it's just this thing we'll do it yeah <laughs> and then after the it doesn't work they go back uh to the same meeting room or whatever and the general's like i knew it wouldn't work it's just a stupid children's story that you make up for kids and it's like I, what do you mean there's a fucking giant monster that you just like walking around like why are you just gonna automatically just be like oh no that's not gonna that's yeah. not gonna work that's not gonna <laughs> well because he's a fucking scientist and we know from these yeah. movies scientists are full yeah. of shit well, no, I think that was the general. I don't think that was the scientist. It's because but... he's a fucking general. And we know from watching these yeah. movies, generals are full of yeah. shit. Yeah, I mean, that you're right. You're 100% right. Yep. Let's just say one more thing about Karen and her name is <laughs> when she's introduced at first, then they have the car drive up with the um, Jurassic Park scientist. Oh, who's, yeah. Uh, who's like Hammond. Decided to live there. So at that point, I was like, oh, he's going to say, like, I named her Karen or something like that. Like, they're going to bring it up. Like, her being named Karen has something to do with this outsider coming into the community. And, and like, 
giving her like a nickname that he's more used to or something like that, yeah. which would explain it somehow as in as fucked up in some ways that might be, but no, that, it wasn't even that. So I, yeah, I, I mean, he did say he came there with his wife, but that wasn't her. Yeah. I don't No, whatever. No, his wife died. There's, yeah. I, I have no idea why she's carrying. That's fucking weird. <laughs> Weirdest thing in this weird movie. <laughs> we're gonna find out Karen right. is like the Muhammad of New Guinea, like the most popular name. <laughs> and we're gonna look like fucking idiots. That's actually where the name Karen comes from. Yes, New Guinea. <laughs> <laughs> also, Bill. Bill's another name that comes from New Guinea. <laughs> totally. Okay. Uh, Onadera. The baddest mm. of the bad. What'd you, yeah. What, what'd you think of him? Um, so the directors, or not the directors, in the commentary, they say that um, they both thought that this is like the most despicable, bad person, like all the kaiju movies they've seen, which um, I think is maybe an exaggeration, but he is very, a really, really shitty person, and he just kind of ooze is just like i'm trying to think bad. of someone who could be worse and the only I'm thinking person, uh oh sorry who the, you gonna say? the only person coming to mind is the bad guy from mothra that's what i was gonna say yeah uh, nelson but this guy is. seems worse like he's letting his close friends get poisoned he tries to trap somebody in a cave yeah he is really fucking bad uh uh, not only a close friend, though, the guy that got some of the scorpion, I think that's supposed... They don't explicitly say it, but um, in the commentary, they said that Hirata's brother, Ichiro, and these two guys, Anadera and the other guy, were all, like, war buddies, mm. um, which doesn't come across in the movie, but they also, like, they're citing the screenplay throughout the commentary, so I assume that maybe in the screenplay it kind of yeah. says something. And there's things that allude to that possibly being the case and when you watch a movie. It's just never explicitly said. Even Anyways, darker. So not only is it a friend who lets get sung by the scorpion, it's like someone he was in the military with. Um, yeah. And then same later with uh, uh, Ichiro. Um, you know, he's he's on a – he has a crutch. Like, he, he can't walk that well. Um, yeah. And uh, fucking Onodera – beats him up and his wife yeah ties them steals from them and then burns down their apartment <laughs> after and then oh go ahead no no uh like after what that, that scene s happens because he accidentally says i had to kill two men for that jewel to the brother <laughs> of one of the men he killed <laughs> that he thought he killed yeah jesus <laughs> like, um also, with the, the, the guy being sung by the scorpion, I thought it was really, really uh, solid filmmaking how Hirata is, like, totally... Hirata, who barely knows this guy, is, like, totally broken up yeah. and, like, crying over him. He pulls out, like, a picture of his wife and child, and he's just, like, really, really distraught and broken up. Meanwhile, the guy that's supposed to be a longtime friend um, is just, like... Well, that sucks. Uh, let's go try to find some, see if there's more jewels in the cave. Yeah, uh, uh, that was like a really nice juxtaposition. Um, and and like laid out there, that whole scene was. I mean, it was a little silly and over the top. Like he, I think he, you'd do a little better job of faking that you were worried about your friend. But like the mm. whole scene felt 
like the most compelling of the movie because you know about the scorpions and you can tell just from his face oh shit he's gonna let this guy get stung and Harada doesn't know and that whole scene really is to me what makes the human story feel like uh compelling yeah yeah I agree and um Kawaji is like so innocent he's so happy about the opal and what he yeah he he doesn't say like what you might think in these movies like oh I'm gonna get all kinds of women and power like he does say he's gonna buy the the he, city of Osaka but he's like, basically just wants to travel and not work like have his troubles yeah. be over yeah and it's also really sweet first of all he's just like immediately he's just like oh man we're all gonna split this between us it's gonna be so right? great for all of us and like he says to Harada like I'm gonna use your travel company it's gonna be great oh. like. It's like, yeah, it's just very sweet. And another thing is, this whole scene takes place right after they're going through the jungle, and um, Onodera falls in the quicksand, and Hirata, and what's the other guy's name? Uh, Kuwaji. Kuwaji? They, like, immediately are just like, oh, shit, let's save him, and they both, like, risk their own lives yeah. and just, like, immediately uh, save him. Uh, and then this guy just immediately turns around and fucking stabs in the back so that really helps just build how um horrible he is and Uh, and another thing well just just about that one part is like he i know the movie is like oh like greed is bad but other than yeah he like didn't care about the indigenous folks there which is like a problem but basically i feel like he's shown kawaji shown as the least greedy like all he all the things he lists that he wants except for i guess buying the city but is basically just wanting to not be trapped by our society anymore. Like wanting freedom. Like it's not, it's, it's nothing like super selfish. It's like the bit, we should all have the time to travel and shit and have our troubles be over. Like if that's all it takes is money. So it, it just really hammers home how fucked up it is. I mean, even buying the city, like it's obviously he's not like serious about it and you don't, you don't get the idea there's any kind of like ill intentions from yeah. him saying that it's more just like totally uh because i've you know been stepped on or whatever type of thing not like uh because i want to make people do what i want and own yeah yeah it's it's totally. not it doesn't really come across as any kind of a bad wish um, and obviously not a serious one and, yeah, you have Kas- Kasuke or Hirata, Kasuke Hirata, um, trying to use like a rope or a piece of clothing as like a tourniquet on his leg, mm-hmm. and while the other guy's just walking away, and like I don't know, yeah, you, they are the two kinds of greed. Because yeah, Kasuke is gonna do some things that are like a little questionable, but or pretty questionable, like stealing it in the first place. But he forgets all that when he when somebody before his mm-hmm. eyes is hurt, you mm-hmm. know. And once again, this. Harada did not know uh, yeah. these two people. Like, he just introduced them at the beginning of this job, which I guess at this point would have been like a month. But still, it's not like he's friends with them. I mean, and even like you could, you know, right in your heads, you could be like, well, you know, you can form like a pretty strong relationship in a month. But this, the guy that died, he was like the captain of the boat and he like, he was like trying not to be seen with them, uh, talking with them that much. Yeah. So, or not the captain of the boat, but like an officer on the boat or something, sure. someone of, um, but yeah, earlier you were showing them like that he doesn't want to be talking to them because they're supposed to be just workers on the boat. So it's not like they, they would have even formed much of a relationship at all, but he's still just immediately trying to help him while Onodera is just like, 
Man, let's go see if there's any more uh, fucking gems in this cave. That'd be awesome. Totally. Uh, I gotta say one thing about Onodera, though. Like, yeah, he sucks, but he's cool as fuck, right? Like, wearing sunglasses inside is one thing, but sunglasses in a cave is next level. Yeah, dude. That's next level. That's fucking pretty badass. So I forgive him, you know? (laughs) Um, Another little detail about his character just being shitty. Uh, So their excuse of why they need to go on the island um, when the boat stops in New Guinea was that they had a friend who died in the war and they went to go try to find his bones. So when he's back on the ship, there's another sailor with him who's like, oh, my dad died on on an island and we never recovered his body. So I want to pay respects to your friend. Um, and he's just very adamant about how he wants to pay respects. And on there, it's like, no, no, leave me the fuck alone. Leave me alone. But then when the boat blows up later and they get off the boat and go to shore, the guy comes up to him with a box and he's like, uh, yeah. I saved your friend's remains. Uh, I, I really wanted to save them for you. Here you go. Here's your friend's bones. And on there, it's just like immediately, um, just like, yeah, I made that up. Those are actually just pig's bones and just, like, walks away. Doesn't give a it's shit. like Way colder than the way you presented it. Super, yeah, yeah, like, you could you could at least just be like, oh, thank you, I'll take that. And then, but instead he's just, like, try does the most absolute shittiest yeah. way of going about it. And, like, that guy trying to save the bones was probably, like, its own movie worth of a thing. Like, I'm, like, I'm yeah. picturing, like, the end of Titanic, like, the water's, like, going up and the things. And he's like, but this guy, it's his friend. These are his Remains. Yeah, it's, it's like saving Private Ryan. Just like yeah. this is the most important thing. Is just making sure that we save his <laughs> last son. The <laughs> end of saving Private Ryan. They're like, they like finally find Private Ryan, and they're like, oh my god, it's Private Ryan. And then uh, bring him back, and the parents are like, oh, that's actually just a bunch of pig's bones. <laughs> <laughs> Totally much better movie. movie. <laughs> totally different feeling. It just that little detail. <laughs> yeah, just it's a that's a great example of how how much little details matter. How much, um, yeah, it's a ripple effect. You know, yeah. it's like the butterfly effect of the whole movie <laughs> changes. Uh, um, anything else about Onodera? We already mentioned his awesome death. Oh. Um, well, leading up to that death, that's just a hilarious scene where, uh, they're on the boat. So it's Karen, um, Hirata, the scientist and two soldiers, and they're on the boat with the, the Ruby Ray. Um, and this boat just fucking speeds up. Nobody tries to stop the boat. The two soldiers with, uh, fucking, you know, rifles, uh, don't do anything. Yeah. Um, he gets on the boat. He goes up. He, like, starts fighting them. And the soldier, like, one of the soldiers, like, kind of reaches for his gun. But he still doesn't do anything. Well, this guy's just, like, beating up Harada. And then he, like, steals the diamond. Like, he hits, like, the soldiers. I think he, like, hits one of them off the ship or something. And then he just fucking like, leaves yeah. off the ship. And, I like, can't nobody remember to- he killed a dude or not there. He's just, like, firing. Um, yeah, he shot. I don't, I don't. Probably not. If anybody, he he might have killed on the soldiers. I don't think he did, but I think he like knocked him off the boat, and he was like 
he had his gun out shooting and like threatening them and shit and just stole this diamond that's essential to stopping this yeah. fucking giant monster. When they're right, they're so close. You could have let them shoot it and then grab yeah. it. Like Yeah. Yeah. Um He's a bad dude. I thought that was a very funny scene. But that yeah. actor did a great job. Yeah. I feel like if he wasn't mm-hmm. so good in this movie, it really wouldn't be as good as it is. Yeah, I he was excellent in the role. I agree. Are there any other characters that stood out that you want to talk about before we move on? When they're when Harada and Karen are in the airport looking at the TV, the, the news report about Baragon, um, behind them, and it's blurred. You can barely see him, but it's the uh, the officer from the beginning of the last camera. Um, who did that horrible line reading? Oh, the the. Like we gotta be in an I I don't know how to yeah. put it, but that's amazing. <laughs> they they pointed that out in the commentary. Why is he they're like, we gotta get this guy in on it. This is like yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. That's so funny. I'm trying to think of a parallel. It's like that moment in uh Revenge of the Sith where uh Chewbacca's in there for just a second, you know? It's just like that. People are gonna freak. <laughs> <laughs> yep chewbacca and the the officer from the beginning of camera the horrible line read they're pretty much a yeah uh exact same character neither of them got a medal at the end of the first movie even though they both deserve it <laughs> absolutely <laughs> okay since we're already getting deep Let's start talking about the the themes and the meaning. Uh, obviously, I think there's nothing there's nothing super new here, mm-hmm. uh, as far as messages go. So one theme that we're really I think kind of used to, kind of like reminded me of Varan and uh, some of the Mothra movies, is the like disregarding indigenous people, uh, you know, stealing their shit or not listening to them. That's clearly uh-huh. one of the things is like, don't do that. Or portraying them uh, in blackfish. Yeah, that's... Uh, brownfish. That's, it sucks that we're back there because we finally got out of it with Godzilla. I know. And now here we are. They're pointing out in the commentary that like, you know, people will uh, shit on them for this. Uh, but... Hollywood at the time was also making movies where white people played non-white uh, characters, and they had much more means at their disposal to not allow that to happen. Well, the Japanese film industry um, had been a lot harder and more costly for them to find uh, uh, native people. But it's like, yeah, I guess taking into consideration, it's not as bad as Hollywood, but that does not like, not like excuse it. You're like, not allowed to make fun of. China because the US is bad like the the, yeah. the political version of that yeah uh I I hate on white people in blackface even more generally so <laughs> yes yes we're aware yes uh uh I mean yeah so like yes uh still inexcusable um but not as inexcusable as Hollywood productions and not as ex- inexcusable as showing up the indigenous people tell you not to go there and you literally just start firing your gun. Uh, yeah. These fucking guys are well, pretty that was bold. Particularly, 
it's pretty funny because they first get there and they start being surrounded by the villagers and Harada takes the gun out for um, protection, which at that point, you know, it kind of makes sense. These people you don't know anything about are surrounding you. Sure, um, it's also a sign then, you're doing the wrong thing in life. Oh, yeah, you no, no, there, also you yes. shouldn't. You have no reason to be there, of course. But sure, but, sure. Yeah, from his perspective, that that's where he is there. Uh-huh. But then Onodera takes it and he says, these people are good they helped us in the war 20 years ago which right off the bat well that would make them bad but yeah okay. that was you're like wait a second i remember when we were watching it you're like wait a second they're not bad people they w- helped us out during the war 20 years ago what war was that <laughs> no 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 like oh don't worry they're cool they're with us and the nazis Whew. Um, that's a pretty bold thing for them to just say in the movie I know. That, that was... But hey, this is uh, the bad guy saying it. That was on a dare this time. True. And hey, it's the 60s. Yeah, it's the 60s. Uh, but yeah, so that's funny how he takes the gun from Harada and like, don't shoot at these people. And then like they're like, oh, they're not going to let us just go take the, the treasure, or the opal. Let's fucking shoot at them. Yeah. <laughs> so it does seem like kind of, you know, uh, what's the, like, poetic justice, karma kind of thing that mm-hmm. they steal something from, even though Indiana Jones did it and it was fine later, they steal something from a place that's not theirs and bad things happen to them, you know? Mm-hmm. They disregard the things the indigenous people are saying. Uh, it feels very much like also the, uh, like, native beliefs versus science thing that we've seen a lot one of the the scientists keep like not listening to Karen for instance and then Karen saying things like what our ancients said was the truth and then at the end some things in this world science can't explain uh it feels kind of like yeah do you think it pulls that message off well the message that uh they fucked with stuff they're not supposed to fuck with and came back to bite them sure they- yeah specifically like you know the whole the trope, like the ancient ruins or the native peoples, you like their stuff. Yeah. No, not really. For sure. Um, I wonder if it if it would feel like they pulled off better of Karen. Wasn't named Karen. <laughs> well, yeah, if she actually seemed like a native person, because like sure. Immediately, like she speaks Japanese uh, perfectly. Immediately, as soon as. She, even off the bat, she kind of dresses more, um, more like a Japanese person when they first even go to the village instead of uh, what everyone else was wearing. And then, like immediately when they go to Japan, like there's nothing at all to indicate that she was from New Guinea, other than the fact that she just says, you know, things about New Guinea. If like she's the only one that they can understand anyway. What if she's like, oh yeah, I'm and- totally from here. Yeah, I'm here and I'm from here. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah, I I feel like a lot of things with Gamera, it kind of like the first movie, parts of it felt like they just used the framework of Godzilla, but didn't think about it that hard. So like so uh-huh. many, it's just an easy thing to rely on. Tons of the movies do that kind of thing and they're just kind of relying on it, but not like, you know, fleshing it all yeah. out. It, it really... I don't know, just kind of the way I can't point my finger on um, why Harada himself wasn't that intriguing of a character. Like it, it just 
Because I want to say, like, they didn't follow up on on the it being, like, their fault that they unleashed all this. Because um, Rod does bring it up a couple times, like, oh, this is, you know, our fault, my fault. Um, but then, like, I don't know. It just kind of feels like half-assed. Uh, I mean, I think the line you pointed out where she says, if you don't believe this, you don't believe the gods, and then it doesn't work, definitely doesn't help its case. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, I, speaking of giant diamonds, I feel like the obvious uh, message they're trying to say is greed is bad. Just yeah, a real deep uh, one. I mean, it's a ver- it's a real true one. Whether or not you want to make fun of it not being deep enough, greed <laughs> is bad. No, it's okay. True. Yeah, it's um, true. It's a compl- it's a complicated uh lesson I feel like because <laughs> I don't know, it's more complicated than I care to go into right now. But uh and, yeah, I mean they really just hammer it in. Yeah. But also, you know, that greed what you're going after is never what you really want to be going after. The opal is yeah. an egg, the diamond is eaten by a monster. It's not big enough. Um, so if you hold on that diamond, you're going to get eaten. And uh, the ruby is it, just talked about. It's and nowhere to be found. Not not even there. It's. Uh, I feel like the so, big the big mistake was that nobody in the cave bit the opal to make sure it was real. <laughs> that's true. And they would have been like. Oh shit! This is an egg. I just I have monster yolk in my mouth. Ew! Yeah. Ew! Give me your canteen. Let's get out of here. I want to go watch Ultra Q. Yeah, it was interesting that it was about greed, and then it was like an opal, a diamond, a ruby. And I was like, okay, this is really heavy on that, but I don't. It doesn't seem like that means anything. It's just anything. It's just like the the movie's about yeah. greed. Mention. Things that are worth a lot, a lot. Mention <laughs> jewels. But the greed thing does seem to be followed more than the, oh, the yeah. uh, other theme. Um, uh, yeah, because it really, yeah, it just really follows it throughout. Where especially you know, Anna Derek's character is just all about greed and just follows all the things that he'll do, um, all the evil he'll commit just to get to get that opal and that that money and that diamond. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that is a theme that it, it really sticks with through the whole thing. Absolutely, and uh, it even has the uh, the common thing in the kaiju movies of, like, at the end, someone, like, basically stating that. Why are humans so greedy? Like, mm, and which... Yeah, at the end, yeah, Gamera just turns to the camera and he says, <laughs> why are humans so greedy? Giant turtles aren't. And look at me. Don't you want to be like me? You should be more like me. That's why... Tune in next month to watch Gamma vs. Gaios, where we, you learn more why greed is bad. <laughs> I, I, Maybe that's why he's trying to take out the dam. He's like, you all just consume too much. Just chill out. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> um, yeah, there's the, the speech that we already mentioned is funny at the end. I also do think there are, besides the really obvious... Uh, you know the jewels and the and that guy being greedy, um, Onodera being greedy. There's there's a few things that remind me of like Mothra versus Godzilla, where, like when the 
the two guys are discussing the price of the opal as the ship that it escaped from is like on fire it just kind of shows the absurdity mm-hmm. of like when disasters happening we're all worried about money and stuff like they they yeah they did do a better job um with that one even though it's kind of ridiculous uh as a quick little side note you talk about things remind you of mothra versus godzilla the when we first go to new guinea the 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 natives are dancing um i guess two of those two the two lead dancers in that group were from a dance troupe who also danced in mothra in hidden fortress oh sick. just a interesting little tidbit awesome that's fu- that is awesome Oh, that just reminded me. That part where the women in the beginning are like jamming out, I don't know what instrument's on, that was sick. Side note, that was sick. The koto, and it is the national musical instrument of Japan. Oh, sick. They, um, they, yeah. It was beautiful. It was really cool. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, uh, also, the dancing on the island, apparently originally it was supposed to be topless, but they decided... Uh, to put tops on them interesting but that kind of shows more how like how they they viewed this as a film for adults yeah. instead of a film for children definitely yeah, yeah i mean the onadero is just too fucking bad for for children <laughs> plus you yeah. don't want to expose children to information about athletes foot just let them oh have, no 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 let, let them live their i lives. got athlete's foot one time when i was in like middle school my innocence left that day lost lost and this is like that was like forty years after uh the 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 infrared ray yeah. technology was out of fashion, so yeah well i i still i went to a doctor's office and i stole an, i broke in and stole an infrared ray hell yeah um, and did not work <laughs> I still I have s- athlete's foot to, I to still this day have it, yeah. still have athlete's foot uh except I won't have it pretty soon because of our new sponsor, Tough Actin' Tenactin, who will cure my athlete's foot, guaranteed. Okay, let's close this out. What was your favorite shot, Charlie? Uh, it was a wide shot while Baragon and Gamera uh, were fighting the first time, where um, it's the shot starts out and Baragon still has the rainbow coming out of his back. Um, and Osaka Castle is like in the background, mm. frozen. And then uh, Gamma flies in. He like flies across the screen, and Baragon starts walking a little bit. Then Gamma flies back across the screen, like more in the the front of the picture, and he rams into a building. Um, uh, yeah, that was just an awesome shot. Hell yeah. Um, uh, also, that building, I guess, was the headquarter, the military headquarters. Um, in the in World War Two, or of military headquarters of a certain squadron, or something like that. Um, so the commentator said, maybe that's supposed to be some kind of a barb against the imperial government. Hell I don't know about yeah. that. We're just talking about we're talking about the shot. The shot was really awesome. The way that Gamma just kind of swoops across twice, and, and the thing you added after was awesome too. That's fucking sick. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, yeah. Mine was a super. Um, but- Oh, good. I just say there's lots of really good shots in this. Uh, that was the one that just most took me away. But there's lots of cool stuff with this. And like I briefly mentioned earlier, 
there's a lot of frost and snow stuff in this and I just I love the shots of them like a Baragon when he's first going across the city and like he like things are just like immediately freeze and it was just really yeah. cool um to see the stuff just awesome cut to being frozen super sick uh, I agree um my shot was pretty similar to yours it was when right after Baragon pulls the tower down with his tongue there's this wide shot of him like standing in the flaming ruins with sparks like flying out. And it's just really cool. Yeah. Close. Yeah, that one's awesome. Second would be his face sinking into the like purple water as he's dying. That's a great uh-huh. shot. But um, I don't know. We've seen so many monster fights and just that quick like shot of it's just cool when a shot like that like either one of the ones we picked really makes you go like oh wow they were creative with this like there's it it, so much is going on in these shots that is cool instead of just let's get the guy in the suit on camera yeah 100 percent um all right so great it's time what you've all been waiting for charlie (laughs) what's your dumb cop of the week um, I think I'm going to have to go with, uh, those two soldiers on the boat I mentioned when Harada goes to steal the diamond and they do absolutely nothing to stop him. <laughs> um, one of them pull starts like aiming his gun kind of, but like very slowly and not really committed to it. And then he's like immediately just fucking taken out by by Onodera and then the other soldiers still just kind of standing there looking on. It's like, hey, what are you guys doing? I, I feel <laughs> like there's a lot of cops in this movie who were not given any stage directions and just like <laughs> seem like it's like their first day and they have no idea what's going on. Like there's two different times where <laughs> this one cop is sitting like I think he's in a car once and on a boat once and there's like a radio announcement that's like uh I don't know, like, uh, uh, this giant monster is attacking or something. Everybody evacuate. And they, the cop always has a look on their face of, like, like listening. And, like, oh, huh. Just like anybody else would be. Like, not like, <laughs> oh, shit, we got to do something. It's it's kind of amazing. <laughs> um. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, You want to hear my dumb cop of the week? Yeah, I'm going to guess Sting. No, no. Uh, it's the pig who died and had their bones put in the box on a dare pretending were his friend's bones. <laughs> oh shit, that was actually a cop. That's what he meant. It's not a pig. He Tanaka's being like or not Onodera was being like, Yeah, I'm a fucking cop killer. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, that does, like, it doesn't matter to me, it's a cop. It's yeah. not a person. Yeah, that's awesome. Hell yeah. That's uh, awesome. Runner up is the cop who helped Onadera dress for some reason. Just like helped him put his clothes on in the hospital. That's a runner up for me. Uh, I don't remember that, but yeah, sounds like an idiot. Uh, okay, we got to rate this baby. Do you remember oh, the gamma scale? Because I do not. I do, but I just never put any thought into the rating of this. But I have it right here, actually. Awesome. Okay. S. Ninja Turtle, A Turtles all the way down, B Bowser, C Filbert, D Turtle that bit Charlie's nose, F Dana Carvey dressed as a turtle. I am somewhere between Filbert and Bowser. 
Filbert C, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm somewhere there. It's like, it's it's so weird. It's like when I, I was just, I know we always have trouble with these, but I was just looking at my Letterboxd ratings and I was like, I just want to delete all these because they don't make sense. Like a movie that <laughs> I like way more than this might get the same score because it's not a Gamera movie. So it's just different. Like, I love uh-huh. that this movie exists. I love that this crazy shit exists and it's so cool i love barugan it's like what a sad world we'd be in if this fucking weird ass monster didn't exist but as a movie (laughs) to just sit down and watch i don't know that i have like i definitely get more bored than i usually do at times and i definitely don't Uh really care about the main character so it's hard because i just love gamera and i love barugan i'm gonna push it up and go with bowser i think i'm going with bowser um, okay. But if Bowser is holding on to one of Diddy's peanut poppers, I'm taking it away from him. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Well, I think those peanut poppers are too small for Bowser to hold on to, so I don't think he'll be ha- holding on to any. How so dare I think... you question Bowser's dexterity? What are you in? Hey, I know Bowser. I studied Bowser. I, I'm going to go Bowser. But I'm going to give him a few peanut poppers of Diddy Kong's peanut poppers, and I'm going to glue them to his hand, uh, super glue them to his hands. All right. Hell yeah. Um, I, 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 I think I generally agree with what you just said, um, uh, which is why I think the movie really could have done with like 10, 15 minutes trimmed off. Um, uh, it's kind of streamline some of the more uh, human stuff um and also just not enough camera but overall i it's still even if i would find it boring at some points it's still like really fun the fun parts are still really fun um it's kind of interesting how there's like this adventure story put into the human part yeah really going through the jungle like it's kind of neat and fun uh uh, Unadera's great. Baragon's great. Um, Gamera's great. The special effects all just look fucking wonderful. Yeah. I think Yuasa really, really hit it out of the park, despite the fact that that, that was seen as like a demotion and something that he had never done before. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a solid Bowser with some uh, peanut poppers thrown in. Hell yeah. Alright, anything else to say about Gamera versus Barugon before we close out. Alright, so in the original script it was Gamera versus the Ice Giants. Or maybe not even script. Maybe, at this point, maybe it's just like the story idea. And it's supposed to be some giant ice aliens based on uh, ice giants from Nordic myths. Uh, can't think of what their names are. Um, uh, but they, they would shoot like nukes or something into all the volcanoes of Earth. Um, <laughs> I took a fucking turn real quick. <laughs> so these ice giants, right? Okay, they're <laughs> giant. They're made of ice, so you know how they're gonna attack them. Obviously, <laughs> shoot nukes at volcanoes. Yeah, that's the movie. And then the volcanic ash would cause an ice age. Not even uh, so that what? they could so that they could come in and inhabit the planet. 
Um, I I mean, the science checks out, retract, so I don't know why they didn't go with it. I retract my weird fucking tone. It all comes yeah. back to the whole source. I, I'm so sorry. Um, so, yeah, that obviously got changed, but I guess a lot of people liked it, liked the idea. And then they just said so they wanted to keep the ice giants for something else. And then they changed that to stone. And then that became Daimajin. What? Um, which, uh, How the release cool. of Daimajin was, uh, these two were released together as a double feature. Whoa. Um, yeah. So that's, that's pretty neat. Damn. It was almost in a way, Gamera versus Daimajin. Not almost, but like that. Whoa, dude. That, that, oof. Ooh. Hey. Those two properties are owned by the same company. They could still make that happen. I mean, the release of their there. videos are. I don't think. Th- what are you talking about? Arrow? No, no, no. They're they're both uh the same studio. Oh, cool! Hell yeah! Uh, die or day, die studio. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, they're the same studio. The guy who played the uh, Jurassic Park uh esque scientist on the island. Not um, scientist, but yeah, the uh, the owner Hammond or whatever his name is. Doctor. Sure, maybe he's a scientist, but in the movie, he's just a rich dude who's paying for everything. No, 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 no. The guy who looks like the, the scientist from Jurassic Park who who's I'm, on the island. There's not a, there he's with, not a with, scientist in Jurassic Park. He's just a dude. That's who I'm describing is the guy in Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. not a I haven't seen Jurassic Park in forever. Wait, what? He's not a scientist. He's just the owner. He pays for it all. Oh. I really need to rewatch that. Um, so he was a director himself. Uh, and he directed a movie called Frankie the Spaceman, which starred Frankie Sakai, who wasn't that the guy from Mothra, um, the oh, the comedic. Oh, that sounds right. Um, one the uh, one of the two leads, the more heavy set uh, lead from Mothra. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Is so that I thought him? that was kind of I interesting? Don't, I don't recognize that name, but if you say so, I'm pretty sure I. I didn't double check, but I'm pretty sure that's who Frankie Sakai is. Right on. Um, uh, the Foley effect for the bat when they're in the cave uh, was originally made for the movie that turned into Gamera with the mutant rats oh, and stuff sick. like that. Yeah. I guess that was a leftover Foley effect that they had to use. Hell yeah. Anything else feelings wise about Gamera? Are you excited about the new one? Or are you f- like, how are you feeling about the new ones? Like the ones that we haven't seen? Cause you haven't seen any other show at once, right? No. So, so by the new one, you mean the next one? We're yeah. Gonna watch? Sorry. The next ones we're going to, I thought there was like some unannounced oh, or so some sorry. announced thing that I didn't know about. What about a shitty, the new you're movie. so excited. There's a new Gamera and I just <laughs> yeah. fucking take it away. <laughs> so sorry. Um, I'm kind of excited because uh, it's, it's with Gaios, and I know that's because yes. they're like one of the most iconic villains, and Gaios comes back in uh, part one and three of the Heisei ones. Uh, yeah. Um, so it'll be cool to see the original Gaios. Um, and also, I like Rodan, and Gaios is very Rodan-esque. Totally. Uh, yeah, i interested in seeing like the more kitty avenue they're gonna go on but uh in the commentary august argonio was saying 
you know, having to watch it multiple times with the commentary really drives home how much the this movie can drag. So he's kind of gained more of an affection for the later ones because they they don't have like as much um, slowness in it, and it's just like they're more psychotic and insane. So <laughs> that's sick. That's be, exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of interested in how these movies are going to be. Uh, and these first two have uh, um gone past my expectations so i'm hoping that's a trend that will stay for the rest of the series yeah i fully yeah. agree that like I, i'm a little like oh gosh i hear they get bad now but like the first two were definitely above my expectations and a lot of people have mm-hmm. the first one lower on their list than others and i like there's problems with the first one but i get a kick out of it i think back fondly on yeah. it. the destruction is it reminds me of the first godzilla where the destruction obviously they're very different movies but yes is <laughs> Like, I think back and I'm like, oh, I'm probably going to miss that destruction because I bet they won't do that again. And I really I really appreciate that about that one. So, yeah, probably going to be little nuggets of beauty in all of them. I'm, I'm hoping so. Sweet. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. And we're glad to have you here. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at NoGodsPod. You can email us at NoGodsPod at gmail.com. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the show, you can do so by carrying a tourniquet so that you don't try to use a rope instead when your friend is dying in a cave and learning basic first aid so that you don't end up sucking on your friend's arm. <laughs> That'd just be a good thing, I think, to like figure out and do. For, for, keep it I, need to work on, I need to work on both of those. So maybe you should choose something else because I don't think we should be telling people this stuff that we're not this is just if they want to support the show because the fact that you haven't done it is a perfect reason if one of our listeners is in the mall with you and you're walking and you get hurt some way and they are the one who accidentally sucks in your arm instead of or vice versa you know they help yeah it's it supports us yeah i also don't support the show myself so yeah exactly um, yeah totally oh yeah it works so uh also, thank you to all our patrons. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. It's really mm-hmm. keeping us going. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do now. <laughs> so just... <laughs> uh, just learn CPR for me, bro. Oh, did I tell you, Charlie? Somebody saved me with the Heimlich Maneuver. No, it wasn't me. No, it wasn't. It was oh. way closer to now than the last time I saw you in person. Oh. The... Well, I mean, the Heilich Maneuver, I'm behind you, so maybe you didn't see me. Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, it was the what st- happened? Did you live? Stupidest reason ever, dude. I Hot dog. No. I put I parachute Kratom. I put Kratom in a, uh, on a piece yeah, of toilet yeah, paper. Too. I twist it up. I put it on my tongue. I drug it, took it back with water. I decided to take like twice as much as I normally do. This was early on when I was taking Kratom. And I still put it in one. And it was like a fucking big ball. And I was in a room full of friends. And I looked around and I was like, hope I don't choke on this. Straight up said that. <laughs> put it in my mouth. Swallowed it immediately it's stuck in my throat and i fucking freaked out dude like i can't explain to you (laughs) the fact that i knew i couldn't breathe and there was nothing i thought i could do i was just like 
drooling and looking at a friend who could not help me at all, just like, oh, oh, and my friend who's a fucking uh, paramedic and shit jumped up and was like, I'm going to do this, okay? And I nodded and he fucking like did the Heimlich maneuver and it like went up and dropped down into my stomach. Uh, yeah, luckily he wasn't like, oh, he's obviously joking because he just said, I hope he doesn't choke. <laughs> right. No, he said that when he heard me say that and look like such a fucking idiot, he like scooted forward to the edge of his chair to be ready. <laughs> so support the show, you know, learn to huh. imagine if he just sucked on my arm instead. <laughs> I just oh, baby. Choked. I'm imagining. Okay, we'll be right back. We're going to do a Google break. Ha, 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 ha.